You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's V Week on ESPN as we continue Jim Balvano's fight against cancer. Welcome into College Football Live. I'm Kelsey Riggs, and we're coming out of the tunnel with this. Championship weekend is just days away, and could there be chaos with who gets in the CFP? If there are six one-loss teams, who gets the nod? We break it all down. Plus, all eyes, they're going to be on Atlanta this weekend because Georgia's trying to win its 30th straight game. But could Alabama help create some of that chaos in the postseason? And there's a reunion in Arkansas with a little history behind it. Bobby Petrino returning to the Razorbacks. Pete Thamel joins us with the latest. College Football Live starts right now. Welcome to College Football Live, presented by Zillow. What's going on? Welcome into College Football Live. Sam Osho, Jordan Reed, hanging out with me, Kelsey Rich, for the next half hour here on College Football Live. And we have got a lot to get to with championship games coming this weekend. But let's first start with what we saw last night because we have a look at this week's college football playoff rankings brought to you by AT&T. And Florida State finds itself back in the top four. Washington also moved up to spot number three. And that all happens as Ohio State drops to number six following the loss to Michigan this weekend. Now, no team has made the playoff when ranked outside the top six in the next to last rankings. But what will this show have in store and what will the final rankings have in store? We bring in now our college football reporter, Heather Dinich, who has been in Grapevine, Texas so much and following the committee closely and what they're saying. So, Heather, first of all, just give me your thoughts, your biggest reactions to what we saw in the rankings last night. Kelsey, well, first, Florida State feels like a lock if it beats Louisville in the ACC championship game and pick up, picks up its third win against a ranked opponent. But beyond that, the two biggest takeaways, starting with Ohio State dropping to number six, they need more help than they did last year. They have two good wins, the same blueprint against Penn State and Notre Dame. But last year, all they needed was for USC to lose in the Pac-12 championship game on Friday night. This year, they need more than that. They need Georgia to beat Alabama and eliminate the tie. They need Texas to lose. They need Florida State to lose. And then they probably have to hope that Oregon eliminates Washington, or excuse me, Washington eliminates Oregon so that they're not in a debate with one loss Washington as a loser of the Pac-12. And then the final takeaway, Kelsey, is that Texas and Alabama, if they both win, have the potential to give the committee the biggest headache possibly in a decade of the college football playoff because then they have to decide between Alabama's resume against the Longhorns win in Tuscaloosa by double digits in week two. Overall, the Alabama resume would be better. They would have defeated the committee's number one ranked team. Texas is playing three loss Oklahoma State, the lowest ranked opponent of any of the power five contenders. And then what do they do with Georgia? People are freaking out because of the possibility that Georgia as a one loss team could be left out of the college football playoff. 
It would be unprecedented if Georgia dropped out on Selection Day after a loss. But I wouldn't rule it out because there are so many contenders. It could be absolute chaos depending on what the results are this weekend. Heather, thank you for that. And we bring back in the guys now to get your thoughts. And we just heard Heather touch on a couple of them. But Sam, tell me your biggest takeaway from what we saw from the rankings. My biggest takeaway is similar to what Heather's last takeaway was in that Texas is still in front of Alabama. And yes, it was a last second win, fourth and 31 in the Iron Bowl. But what I'm seeing, at least from the committee's perspective, is very clear that head to head matters. But Heather made the great point of, yes, head to head matters. But if Alabama beats the number one team and Texas beats a lower ranked team, how much will head to head matter in the last ranking? So I can't wait to see how that one plays out. I think my biggest takeaway is the Oregon spot, Oregon being at five. And I think Alabama and Texas should be ahead of Oregon just because when you talk about, of course, Texas having the head-to-head -head over Alabama, but I just think both of their resumes are already stronger than Oregon's. And Oregon and Washington, that's going to take care of itself in the Pac-12 title game. But I just think what we've seen through this season, and yes, I know Alabama and Texas, they've kind of skated their way through the backstretch of the year. But we're, if we're just talking about what they have done on the field, I think their resumes are stronger. We've talked about how it could be chaotic, guys let's create a little bit of chaos because we got the 2023 Allstate playoff predictor up now. And what I want to show you is some of the scenarios that we're talking about. And let's say, first of all, that Michigan takes care of business. They're still undefeated. They get in. Florida State takes care of business. They're undefeated. They get in. It gets a little bit questionable with what happens next. Let's say Texas wins. They were a one-loss Big 12 champ. I'm also going to have Alabama beat Georgia. That's one of the scenarios that we just heard Heather mention. That means you've got a one-loss SEC champ. You also have a one-loss Georgia team. Now, Oregon and Washington Friday night in the Pac-12. Oregon already has one loss. What happens if it is Oregon that wins this game and Washington that picks up another loss? All of a sudden, you guys, you have Oregon with one loss. You have Georgia with one loss Alabama. You have Texas with one loss. You have Bama with one loss. You have Washington with one loss. And don't forget, you got Ohio State hanging around with that one loss as well. Could create a little bit of chaos. And let's take a look at the resumes of those one loss teams because what it would be is it would be six one loss teams with Michigan and Florida State locking up essentially two of the spots. So you got the hard task now, Jordan, of trying to pick between these six teams and their resumes. Jordan, who would you give the nod to for those final two spots? It would be Georgia for me. Uh, I just think Georgia's the best team in the country. And even though, yes, I know they have that one loss on their resume, I just think what they have done this year, and even though they were losing the game to Alabama, if we're talking about just putting the four best teams in, I think Alabama is by far the best team in the country, even though they would have that one loss on their resume to Alabama. And I think what Carson Beck has done this year, I think he's been phenomenal. And I expect Georgia to win this game, and it's going to be very tough. Nick Saban does not lose in SEC title games. That's something that he's been very good in throughout his career. But if we're talking about putting the four best teams in the college football playoff, I think Georgia is one of the better teams in the country. So you would put Georgia along with Michigan and Florida State and then also Alabama if they win, so two SEC teams, Jordan? That's just my opinion. Okay. I think Alabama I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure that was your other one. So, <laughs> so Sam, tell yeah. me, tell me your two if this scenario plays out. Who's also going in the other two with Michigan and Florida State? Well, Michigan and Florida State, whoever wins the Pac-12 for me would be that third team in, whether it's Oregon or Washington. Then it comes down to the Alabama and Texas scenario. There's two spots and only one team left, right? Now, here's the issue. 
you might say who's the better team, right? Or Georgia, one loss Georgia, whatever. But the issue is the committee doesn't just look at the better team. They also look at the most deserving team. And by deserving, they say, who wins the conference championship? I've got a chance to be a part of the mock selection committee meetings and seeing how they actually go about this process and conference championships matter and so i think that would eliminate in so many ways georgia especially you have an alabama team that wins and a texas team that that wins so then you say okay who is more deserving or maybe a better team out of texas and alabama though that's where it gets extremely sticky because the committee has shown that they value the head-to-head -head. Mm -hmm. but would this another top 10 win for uh, for Alabama beating the number one team, would that be enough to usurp the Texas team that's in front of them? That's what I am excited to see. I think if it's me, I, I would probably lean Alabama based off that number one win, but I'm not the committee. It could be absolutely chaotic. You're mentioning those <laughs> conference champs and you see who it would be if this was how it all played out and we had those six one-loss teams. We will find out after this weekend if it's chaotic, if it's straightforward, and who actually are the four teams that are going to play for a national championship this year. Don't forget to vote at ESPN College Football for which team you think will be the Dr. Pepper one final team using the hashtag one final team. You can get in on the action as well. We go to some coaching news now as Arkansas will have a familiar face back on their coaching staff and Bobby Petrino has agreed to become the next offensive coordinator at Arkansas. Petrino was working as the OC at Texas A&M but he was not retained by the new staff. He was formerly the head coach at Arkansas but was fired in 2012 in the wake of a scandal that came to light after a motorcycle accident. So we bring in Pete Thamel now for more on this. And Pete, how did this all come about? Well, it's a fantastic full circle moment, Kelsey, only in college football. Uh, it came about basically because Arkansas was really bad on offense. Sam Pittman made a bad hire. He hired Dan Enos, realized it was a bad hire in October. The Hogs ended up finishing 13th in the country in offense, and he went back to Bobby Petrino. Obviously, Petrino's record at Arkansas was excellent. Uh, he went to back-to-back high-profile bowl games when he was there. The interesting tension here will be, does Petrino still have the magic as a play caller? Texas A&M's offense was in the bottom half of the SEC last year. They finished 8th. Can he go get Arkansas's offense going? I've been told by sources that he's looking in the portal for a dual-threat quarterback to try to revive the last time he was truly elite on offense, and that was with Lamar Jackson at Louisville. A lot happening in the SEC right now and a big coaching hire there as he returns to Arkansas. Pete Thamel with the latest here on College Football Live. Still ahead, we've got to get to Alabama and Georgia playing in the SEC championship game in the past. What are the keys to the two-time defending national champs taking home the SEC title against a team they haven't been able to beat in the SEC championship. Plus, quarterbacks are going to be a hot commodity this offseason. The transfer portal isn't open yet, but we take a look at the top guys who plan to put their name in the portal. That's coming up next. College Football Live, presented by Zillow. And in part by Popeye's Louisiana Kitchen. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. 
For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to College Football Live, presented by Zillow. Bama in Georgia. Here we go again. If 2023 has taught us anything with all its stories and drama, it's that college football is not an essay contest. It is all about the end result. And so it is. After a fall of close calls, injuries, even a bad Bama loss in a very big but very early game, the end result is a familiar pairing of historically great programs, even if they don't share that much history between them. Way back when, the Dogs and Tide were a regular series. That slowed in the 70s, 80s, and 90s with just 10 total meetings. But since 2012, they have played seven times, including three SEC championships and two national championships. Bama won the first six. Fires to the end zone. Touchdown! Alabama wins! But Georgia conquered the latest of those contests. Launching downfield, underthrown, and intercepted. Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. The escalation of this rivalry has not been limited to one or two nights in the postseason. From the recruiting trail to the transfer portal, even when it comes to hiring their coaching staffs, Kirby Smart and Nick Saban race dog ear to elephant trunk all year long. And that's why December in Atlanta means so much. Because it ain't just about December in Atlanta. It's about the crossroads of the two programs who have won the last three national championships, the last interchange of unfinished SEC business. For Georgia, who is still 0-3 versus Bama in the conference title game. And for Bama, who needs to make that 4-0 if they want to seize their eighth CFP invitation. The biggest stakes on the biggest stage, played out by college football's biggest current brands. Yep. Here we go again. Let's take a look at today's road test presented by Goodyear and Georgia has won 29 consecutive games, the longest streak in SEC history. Alabama has won its last 16 games played in Atlanta since losing to Florida in the 2008 SEC championship game. And Nick Saban, 7-0 at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, including three wins against Georgia. We know that this is a really big one for the CFP implications. So let's talk about the keys to victory in the SEC championship game. And Sam, I'm going to start with you. Give me Georgia's keys to victory in this matchup. Well, it'll be his two stud receivers finally being healthy again. Lad McConkey 
and Brock Bauer is going to have to get the ball from Carson Beck. Why do I say that? Well, last week, neither Lad McConkey nor Brock Bowers played, not because they were necessarily injured, but they needed to rest for this game. I don't know their injury history. All I'm saying is that they didn't play against Georgia Tech, but all of a sudden, you have a Lad McConkey who, when Brock Bowers was out, stepped up huge. Then you have Brock Bowers, the best tight end in the nation, who, when he was healthy, was dominant all season long, especially when they targeted him. And so, Alabama, we know they're going to try and put up points behind Jalen Milrow, but Carson Beck offensively may have to outduel them using his two weapons. On the Alabama side of things, it starts and ends with one player, Jalen Milrow, Jalen Milrow, Jalen Milrow. He has to have a superstar performance in this game if Alabama wants to have a chance to win. 84.4 QBR this year, which is seventh in the FBS, and he's taking this game to the another, another level this year. The turning point in Alabama's season to me, and yes, I know they lost to Texas early on, was the South Florida game, which is the one game that Jalen Milrow did not play in. They saw what they did not have when Jalen Milrow was not out there. He was benched in that game, did not start. But he's been such a huge piece of this offense. Phenomenal deep, deep accuracy. But the one thing that could change this game is his scrambling ability. Georgia has not seen a quarterback like this this year. He has just had a great season. Goes from, as you mentioned, being benched to now being in the conversation for potentially being in New York, at least for the Heisman and having his team in the hunt for a chance at the college football playoff. Good stuff from Jalen Milrow. We'll see what gives this weekend. But right now it is time to get in the know with Joe as Joe Fortenbaugh joins us every week to give us sports betting spin on the latest college football storylines. And so, Joe, we've got a unique weekend for college football with one game left. What is uh, something that people should consider before placing any wagers this championship weekend before we get started with things on Friday night. There are a variety of ways to make the same wager. Let's start with the SEC championship game. Alabama to just beat Georgia outright is plus 190. But Alabama to make the playoff is much more enticing at plus 200. So let's ask ourselves, in what world does Alabama win that game but not make the playoff? I think the probability of that happening is very low, which is why you'd be better served betting Alabama to make the playoff rather than to bet them to beat Georgia outright. The opposite is actually true in the Pac-12 championship game. You get a much better price on Washington beating Oregon than you do on Washington making the playoff, which is why you'd be better served playing Washington on the money line. And then if they end up winning, naturally they're in the playoff. All right, Joe, thanks so much. We are now in the know with Joe. Let's get in the know with what's happening, potentially in the transfer portal anyways, because here's a look at some of the notable quarterbacks that have said that they will enter their name in the transfer portal when it opens Kansas State. Will Howard enters the portal or will enter the portal as one of the top dual threat quarterbacks in the country. Will Rogers threw 94 passing touchdowns during his time in Mississippi State. And then there's Tyler Van Dyke, who's been the primary starter for the last three seasons at Miami. Let's start with you, Jordan, and Give me your top three quarterbacks that you're going to keep an eye on that could potentially be, looks like they're going to be in the transfer portal pretty soon. Yeah, Kelsey, the transfer portal has really transcended college football, whether it's Jaden Daniels at LSU, Bo Nix at Oregon, or even Michael Penix Jr. at Washington. But there's some interesting names already in it. And the first one that I'll start with is Max Brossmer of New Hampshire. He's an FCS quarterback right now, set a bunch of records, 8,700 passing yards, 70 touchdowns, and he's dominated the FCS ranks. I expect him to receive a lot of Power 5 attention if not already i've heard some schools already that are reaching out to him he already has a minnesota offer in hand along with some other power five schools but he's an excellent see read and react quarterback that has phenomenal accuracy so remember the name max brosmer the next one i'm going to go to is tyler shuck 
who came from Texas Tech. He originally started his career at Oregon. So this is the second time he's been in the transport portal. He has been banged up a little bit throughout his career, but 2,900 yards, 28 total touchdowns, has a big arm. He's a very big quarterback at six foot five, 230 pounds. But I expect him to find a landing spot very, very quickly. And then the next quarterback that I'll end with here is Will Howard of Kansas State. He is the hottest commodity in the transport portal right now. The clear number one target of a lot of schools out there already. Six foot five, 240 pounds, a very strong arm, a passer that is also very mobile as well. And if you remember, he led this team to the Big 12 title game last year, and they beat TCU, a team that played in the college football playoffs. So Will Howard is definitely going to be a hot commodity for teams that are looking for a transport portal quarterback. Yeah, to that point, to that point, uh, Jordan, Will Howard came in. Not only did he lead his team to a, a win over TCU, but he also started a lot halfway through the season after an uh, injury to Adrian Martinez last year, and he took over. And even this year, he's been excellent, outstanding as well. And so all the names you look at when it comes to quarterback transfers, Will Howard, to me, is easily number one. And not just based off his passing ability or proficiency, he also can run the ball as well. So he has that dual threat ability, but is even a better pocket passer than people give him credit for. So Will Howard, not only what he did last year, but also what he did this year, really what he's done his whole career. We will see where all of these guys end up after the offseason. And also we'll see what happens after this weekend because we have some conference championship games that are going to be played. And then you may see more names in the transfer portal after that as you take a look at our featured lineup that's coming your way this weekend. And Friday, it's the, the Pac-12 championship on ABC, 8 Eastern. Then Saturday, Big 12 championship at noon Eastern. The ACC championship at 8 and then Sunday, make sure you tune in as we have the exclusive reveal of the college football playoff selection. Catch it at noon Eastern on ESPN and the app. More college football live on the other side of the spray. College football live is presented by Zillow and in part by Liberty Mutual Insurance. Only pay for what you need. Number one is laugh. You should laugh every day. Number two is think. You should spend some time in thought. And number three is you should have your emotions moved to tears. Could be happiness or joy. But think about it. If you laugh, you think, and you cry, that's a full day. That's a heck of a day. Meanwhile, you love to see the support during B-Week. It is also something we love to see here. After suffering a spinal injury in a game against Louisville on November 9th, that's Virginia running back Paris Jones returning home. He spent a week in ICU after undergoing spinal cord surgery and another two weeks at this rehab facility in Louisville. Such a great sight to see him back moving around and getting to reunite with his team. And we switch gears a little here to Talk about Pop-Tarts, you guys, because we've got the Pop-Tart Bowl. Top ACC team, second best Big 12 team. Why does this matter? Because there's going to be a mascot. It's going to run around, and then you guys, at the end, it's going to turn into an edible mascot for the team to eat. Sam, are you snacking on a Pop-Tart at the end of the game? Sign me up from eligibility. Sign me up for eligibility, right? Brown sugar, blueberry, strawberry, it don't matter. Just not s'mores. I don't like the s'mores. Strawberry. No. Strawberry number one. 
The brown sugar one or nothing else, but I don't want that. Too